I'm Ben Strivens. He's John O'Scott. Hi. And together... We watch anything! We trawl the depths of Netflix... And other streaming services... To find three films... Of the same genre... Of the same genre... And watch them... So you don't have to. I take one, he takes one, and there's one we both watch. So you know what's a surprise hit... And what's totally... Time for us to shine bright like a diamond, bright like a diamond. Because this is the 60th episode of We Watch Anything, which is the diamond anniversary. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Boom. See, like I was relevant in everything. And I did research. I'm well impressed with myself. Yes. Welcome, That's really good, dude. Welcome, ladies, gentlemen, other people, um, listeners. That's the important bit listeners um and yeah thanks for coming on board for our 60th episode for which we are auspiciously didn't really realize it was going to be the 60th episode so haven't done anything special apart from noting that it exists um yon have you sort of you know got anything planned for our 60th outing yeah well as i definitely noticed that it was the 60th i've really got loads of plans i've got a wrap uh i've made you a cake uh <laughs> I've celebrated by bringing a lot of spaniels together in the room. That's, One spaniel to represent ten episodes, but I've only got four spaniels, so that doesn't work. Well, I've got I a do, spaniel uh, listeners. I do, in fact, have four spaniels all within more or less touching distance. So if you hear some snuffling about, it's spaniels because well, I'm looking after. If we combine all our spaniels and made it one for every twelve episodes, then we could hit sixty. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's math, that is. There you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, although we shouldn't combine the spaniel because that'd be even louder, especially with mine. He just runs around being like a lunatic. Anywho, enough about spaniels. More about movies. Um, so yes, last time we hit up, up the period horror with mixed results. Um, <laughs> generally, mine was pretty terrible, and then I quite liked the. Oh yeah, you things. had the raven, didn't you? I had the raven. Yeah, bloody awful. Um, I had the rather tedious cleansing, but the, 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 <laughs> that the like, combo was like right. a morning ritual. The rather tedious <laughs> cleansing before I leave the house. <laughs> that is how it feels, actually. Um, so mm. uh, this time round, we decided to go completely different. We are not doing a genre of horror, which is quite rare for us. Um, and we've gone away entirely. We've dispensed with sound. Um, or at least speaking. Yeah. I mean, sound. It, nothing, uh, yeah. nothing's and, ever silent, is it? No, but what I wanted to mention is that like, so I'm always remar- always amazed at how poor I am at self-marketing. Now, a few years ago, my book, The Vinyl Frontier, came out. And for fun, just for a bit, this podcast was brought to you by The Vinyl Frontier. Lots of fun. Now, I've just had another book out. You have. All about the story... Of, of sound, sound. and, and how records were first made, without and, and I rather brilliantly <laughs> timed that with the silent movie episode. What a penis! What you've also completely failed to do is mention the title of the book. So, "Into the Groove" by Jonathan. Yes, Scott. sorry. Yes, this podcast is brought to you by "Into the Groove," the startling story of sound from 1877 to oh, yeah. It's all about how records got invented. It's a very good book. 
I, I can I can I can attest to that. It's a very good book. I haven't finished it yet, but it's very good. I feel I've read. I've, I've really enjoyed. I feel, I've been very Thanks, busy Steve. though. Um, yeah, yeah. And it's got a yeah, nice, don't worry. It's got a nice cover. I've heard excerpts from it as well. Anyway, silent movies. Now, I was thinking about this. Our generation, silent movies. We would just we they were just sort of part of the sort of um, the landscape of TV in the eighties because you had endless repeats of like silent and non-silent Laurel well, and Hardy. But as well that we had um, lovely Harold Lloyd. Harold Lloyd. Harold, I was going to mention like, Harold Lloyd. He was everyone our age fixture. loved Harold Lloyd. Yes, and it was like that. Yeah. Was, that but that was kids' TV. This is the crazy stuff. Like kids, kids today yeah. don't know what they have got it so good. Netflix. <laughs> they don't know they're born. But we, but we grew up with. I think it's kind of fascinating. Yeah, grew up watching kids' TV. Actually, that was from quite a long time ago. Like Stingray, um, Thunderbirds, yeah. kind of stuff. Harold Lloyd from. You know the silence era. That was all still kids for that because no one was really making yeah. that many kids specific things. Um, so yeah, no. we we absolutely grew up with yeah with silent stuff. And I used to, yeah I used to love Harold Lloyd, Hanging from the Big Clock. Isn't that brilliant? And mm. everyone loved Laurel and Hardy. Although I never watched any Chaplin when I was a kid, but I don't think that felt like that felt like one. No, nor thing. did I. No, no, and I just like most. I I didn't have a. I wasn't a huge fan of of Chaplin. Um, well, Howard Lloyd was uh, always because more of human my obsession with silentness, I think. Yeah, exactly. I think this thing about it, I just really loved Harold Lloyd's face. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I came to um, uh, Buster Keaton very late, as in I didn't really discover him until I was like in my twenties, I think, mm. and just suddenly realised, oh, actually, <laughs> he's quite good, isn't he? Yeah. But yeah, Ch Charlie more Chaplin, about that I came. I mean, wasn't that in? Well, indeed. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Yes, but um. And then the first time I watched, um, oh, Modern Times, yeah, and uh, Charlie Chaplin, I just thought, okay, he's quite good, isn't he? Yeah, it's one of those things yeah. you kind of grow up going, oh yeah, Charlie Chaplin, whatever. Silent comedian, don't really care. And then you watch one, but that's the same experience I had watching Casablanca. Going, oh, I just watch Casablanca. I know it's not silent, but you know what I mean. Um, and then you go, yeah. oh, this is to some of the greatest dialogue ever committed to film, and I love it. Um, yeah. So, but I think that it still wasn't, you know, it's still Harold Lloyd was was the big thing, and and Lauren Hardy, but it wasn't, you know, ubiquitous. You, you you weren't. We were old enough. We were young enough to not be sort of constantly pummeled with silent stuff. Like right now, though, it's complete anathema to my kids that that, that stuff would be yeah. silent. Yeah, and no, I've not made made my um, children yet watch uh, the artist, which of course won an Oscar and made everyone go, ooh, silent movies again. Did you like that? I can't remember. I uh, have never seen it? seen it. Yeah, I just didn't really want to. Oh, you knob. I know, no. I will do. It's just, you know, some of those movies go, I should watch this. I don't really want yeah, yeah. to. Um, yeah, and, and when everyone tells pumping. you to watch something, yeah, yeah, it makes exactly. you just go, no thanks. I kind yeah, of want yeah. to run into it. No, I understand that. I told, that's one of yeah. those movies no, I, I totally run into on a rainy day and go, ooh, I'll watch The Artist. But uh, that's yeah. not yet happened. There's a, there's a couple of those, yeah. That I, no. that I've not seen. So yeah. yeah, I'm I'm sort of almost a, in some ways quite a recent blank canvas for for silent stuff. You know, for me the touchstone is Lauren Hardy and um Harold Lloyd when I was a kid and post then I'm a bit like I haven't really watched that much. Dipped a bit into no. Chaplin, that's cool. You'll be shocked to know that the Buster Keaton we watched to, for this podcast was my first ever Buster Keaton as well. Was it? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, because because yeah, I went through a little stage of of yeah of watching a lot. Well, look, we could burble on. We're obviously not the world's biggest experts on no. silent movies, 
Shall we crack on with my silent movie? Yes, please. Although, oh, actually, sorry. Annoying fact. Annoying fact. Marx Brothers. Oh, yeah. Marx Brothers. Harpo Marx famously was, you know, was silent in the movies, apart from yes. his stupid horn. In night, Their first film was uh, Coconuts. But in fact, their first film was a silent movie oh, called Humorisk. I have not seen this. Which is... Missing is a lost movie, but it's That's their first movie. It. Was humorisk, and in humorisk, Harpo Speaks. had a line. Oh, yeah. how sort of? But it was obviously silent. So isn't that interesting? That anyway, sorry, interesting. that was just and, and my bring up the compulsory Marx Brothers. No, no, but you can bring up the Marx Brothers. I um, and I might cut this bit out. But uh, at the moment, I keep being in situations where people add stuff onto the bill. And it's always going to make me think of Night of the Opera when someone goes, and two more hot, and two hard-boiled eggs. And, and that's all that goes through my head. And I say that all these times and no one else has seen Night of the Opera and they just don't get what I'm talking about when I keep saying and two hard-boiled eggs. But anyway. Well, as well, the thing is that silent um, comedy still exists. You know, they, so Duck Soup, one of the most famous sequences in Duck Soup is a bit that has no dialogue and it's just that mirror sequence where they're all dressed up as Groucho and they do a sort of, a stupid mirror sequence but as well like we both love um uh the number nine series yes and there was yeah, that yeah. excellent the episode excellent that was silent. all silent well, with the... what is the most the most successful tv property of all time don't know mr bean oh yeah which is in, oh yeah to all effects yeah. intents and purposes silent because you don't need to translate it you don't need to dub it, do anything to it. It just works. In every single country you show it, it is made Rowan Atkinson an absolute fortune. It is the most successful TV franchise property of all time. So. Now I'm going to talk about my movie. The movie I watched is The Unholy Three from 1925. Right. Not a particularly good title. I just want to say that straight away. There's something a bit annoying about The Unholy Three, I think. It sounds but like whatever. it sort of slightly influenced Kill Bill in a weird way, but um... maybe it did. But either way, it's a 1925 movie, and the most interesting thing about it is that it's directed by Todd Browning, who would make Freaks yeah. in a few years after, a very famous uh, pre-code movie that's that, that later got banned. Yep, and it stars the the marvelous Lon Chaney, who. Um, you know, was, was in various sort of, oh. again in various famous pre-code films, and also famously did was a lovely man apparently, and did all his own makeup and just um, has yeah, the best um, face um, as well. Yeah, yeah, genuinely the best face. Yeah. Anyway, um, this is a this is a film about uh, essentially it's, it's got some. It's interesting as well because it's got some things in. in it's set in, in amongst circus performers, so it's got some, um, some echoes of pre-echoes of freak. Uh, pre yeah. So. Um, Three performers, uh, in a, there's, there's a sort of fight at a, at a performance in which Lon Chaney is the main attraction. He's a ventriloquist. Mm. And um, the main other sort of, the, 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 th the three of the unholy three are him, the ventriloquist, um, Tweedledee, who's a sort of uh, midget performer who uh -huh. also turns up in, in Freaks, and a sort of massive guy called Hercules, a strong man, you know. Of course. And um, essentially, it's a rather a bizarre plot. And essentially, they, they start working delivering pets. 
but for a pet shop because they've been they've stopped their sort of ventriloquist act and they start delivering pets and then when they deliver pets to very posh houses they use this time to scope out Ah, the houses so they can you know commit commit burglaries and there's loads of rather stupid ideas um Basically, the ventriloquism element is brought to life by... So, Lon Chaney I, I plays Professor of, Echo. A ventriloquism which, you know, relies on you throwing your voice in a silent movie. <laughs> I know. And this is one of the... OK, so this is one of the great pleasures of this film. Lon Chaney doing his sort of ventriloquist act, but silent. And yet, I must admit, somehow it sort of works. You sort of see the the, the, the voice cut, <laughs> the, the voice things come up, and he is very obviously doing another voice and then you see people's reaction and it's just it's surprising how quickly this is the thing about silent movies isn't it it's surprising how quickly you just sort of get into the swing of them and start yes. going yeah, oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I see yeah. what you mean yeah <laughs> anyway um the interesting thing then so the the plot is complicated by the fact that this trio are uh, there's there's a love interest and she falls in love with um, another guy that they're sort of taking advantage of. And okay. essentially she is, um, she's it's sort of a love triangle thing where, mm. you know, the unholy three, these three bad guys and, and, and this girl, she wants to sort of leave the bad guys and, and go off with this man. And uh, I'm burbling a bit, aren't I? No, no, I can tell I'm not describing the plot very well. It's, but, quite, it's quite hard. It, it's this really strange plot. Yeah, well, that's the, that's but often, for, often the case with a silent movie, the plot, yeah, the plot can be quite convoluted, weirdly. Well, it's well, yeah. I mean, it is nineteen twenty-five. Hmm. It is Todd Browning, who was known for doing quite bizarre, and later macabre, but definitely bizarre melodrama. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's his sort of. He was known at the time, and he's been known amongst you know, film historians for being quite weird. Um. So what happens next? So, so yeah, the other great thing is that Lon Chaney's sort of other character that he plays is not him playing another character such as in him. He disguises himself within the plot as Granny O'Grady. <laughs> <laughs> and his his being Granny is is hilarious. And um, the other interesting thing is how nasty the Hercules and Midget character are. They're really horrible people like surprisingly horrible you know like the way you watch a sort of pre-code um silent horror film and every now and then something really kind of weirdly disturbing yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) Yeah, like creeps in and it's just surprising how nasty they are considering considering what you're watching because on on the surface at times it feels like this is almost like just a sort of throwaway family movie but then as i say the melodrama is quite nasty anyway look i'm now going to cut to the chase and just say I did not particularly like this movie. <laughs> I would not particularly recommend it. But as a piece of film history, it was fascinating. It's not mm. bad because because the the actors that you're seeing on screen are brilliant, particularly Lon Chaney, has to, has to be said. But they're all perfectly sort of arresting. It's perfectly well done. And um, and it's just kind of... The bizarreness is really quite fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, because it's an unfamiliar it's an unfamiliar land. Where you know, when you watch a sort of standard um Hollywood actioner from from the last twenty years, you kind of know oh, what to expect. Happening. So yeah, there's yeah, never absolutely. anything surprising. 
anything this old, you're in a completely different landscape. Mm-hmm. You're in a completely different world. And like whenever there's an outside shot of some street scenes, it's just yeah. like, wow, you're in a you're completely transported. And the sort of the, the back and forth of the rather twisty melodrama is really bizarre. Um, and what was the other thing I was going to say? Oh, yeah. And the other strange thing. Oh, it's also fascinating just as a pre-echo of, of as I say, of, of the movie Freaks that would essentially see the director eventually get sort of blacklisted. Yeah. Um, but also the interesting thing is obviously this is 25. So um, Talkies come in in 27. This was weirdly remade with some of the same cast with talking in 1930 and was a quite a big hit again. Oh, really? Yeah. But I haven't seen the talking version yet, but that was um, Cheney's last movie and one of the very few movies, possibly the only movie in which he spoke. I don't know if that's true, though. I'd have to look that up. Oh, that is fascinating. But I think I remember that. So do you think... Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so when you say you wouldn't recommend it, would you actually recommend it then? Because it sounds like in some yeah, ways... Yeah, well, you can tell, can't you? It's a really fascinating piece in terms of where it sits. And if if nothing else... I do recommend it for that reason. I just didn't particularly enjoy watching it. And it's surprisingly long, um, as it is not. It's like an hour and 20 minutes, hour and a half, hour and a half, something mm. like that. But it's just, uh, yeah, it, it just it's not like sometimes when you watch a silent movie, it's just like, oh, well, okay. <laughs> there's hardly any time at all. I can yes. crack on yeah, with yeah, something yeah. else now. But, um, yeah, so what do I give it, though? Yeah, this is... Well, it was so fascinating. In a way, I give it a B. Because it was because it was such an interesting wow. watch, um, but but in terms of the quality of the film, you know, it's more like oh, this is, you know, in the lower C territory. But it's it's so hard so to quantify because, as I say, it's fascinating. Could it be a C? Oh, okay. Yeah, all right, yeah. Let's go with C plus. I mean, C plus is I hate good. To be reductive, yeah. but we are effectively quite reductive. Um, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Well, that's cool. I, I'm I still I don't know whether I want to watch that or not. Now I sort of do, but at the same time, I sort of. Can't it's difficult, bothered. but the thing is, I just, I just think, in ways, it's just, it's just, oh, it's just the silent era is so interesting, and it's just so weird seeing the the way they did things back then, and mm. seeing what works and what was dated, and and yeah, and there's nothing. This Cheney himself is just, he's just got such a cool face that you could stare at, yeah, forever. He's got, he's, he has uh, got. I, I love his face. I love his face. Yeah, he's got he's got the yeah, yeah. All right, well, maybe I will watch it just to watch Lon Chaney's face. Um, what so yeah. what 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 service was that one on again, dude? Was that on Amazon? Uh, yes, it was on Amazon Prime, but also actually with a lot of these films, um, they're often available on like IMDb, um, often available on YouTube as well. But it was on Amazon yeah, yeah. Prime last time I looked. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. I am going to uh, move us on then. In so oh so Good, many do. ways, so you know automatically we we you mentioned the artist, but in general people think you know silent era when we think about silent movies. However, I was trying to go try and find another modern silent piece, and it's not as easy to do. Uh, but I didn't give up because I'm tenacious, and I managed to find uh, one. It is however an animation. Well, that does is it cheating a bit? Not really. Um, and and in some ways, it's funny watching other silent movies. After this one, I feel like a bit like they're cheating because there are no words in this whatsoever, no title cards, nothing. The, all of the oh really uh, yeah, everything that happens in this thing is conveyed entirely by the things that are happening on screen. Now this is helped by the runtime. 
So it is 11 minutes long. 12 minutes long, sorry. 12 minutes long? Yes, I watched a 12 minute long. Uh, you bastard. But I did watch it twice. Um, <laughs> I'll piss off. <laughs> <laughs> now, the important things to note about this is... Uh, even though we do try and find sort of like forgotten movies, this is still something people would, a lot of people would not have heard of. It is, however, uh, the recipient of uh, the best animated short Oscar. Um, and it's the brainchild of a pair of directors and writers called Will McCormack and Michael Grover, who were a couple of guys who met in acting class. And they wanted to tell a story, and an emotional story, um, kind of using shadows to uh, convey emotions so they sold it took a couple of years to get together it was exec produced by laura dern interestingly enough um and it is uh it, it i don't want to shoot my load entirely now uh, the premise of it is it is a couple dealing with the death of their child at a high school shooting Oh, so God. even though I thought this is great, I really want to watch a silent movie. I found a modern silent movie. I also still really put off watching this for quite a long time just because I knew that it might be quite emotional. Um, mm. Yeah, so it took me about a minute, maybe mm. 70 seconds before I started to well up. Um, and you go through a couple of peaks and troughs with it and then got to about seven or eight minutes in and... Uh, tears are rolling down my face I would say quite happily um, it sort of it deals with the uh, the parents who are left behind and how they sort of go, move apart and then come back together again and their memories of their child and the event itself and how they think back on it and how they would like to prevent it and I can't really can't really explain too much because I want to give the whole thing away and it's only twelve minutes long, um, but it's just a study in love and grief and loss and longing and despair and hope and everything. Um, as I say, and the, they they've done it through the their own emotions. They sort of convey through their shadows um, and the same way that they sort of view their their daughter's memory is sort of through a shadow. Which is kind of oddly affecting because it it's kind of like it does this mirror of them in real life and and, and animation style wise it's very kind of like you know sort of rough pencil drawn so a lot of it is very it's it's, it's not monochrome but it is very muted grayed colors kind of thing mm. and they do use little bursts of color to to kind of like poignantly highlight a couple of things but the animation style is utterly beautiful um, the way they get the people to move the way that yeah it, it, it's that. It's not Raymond Briggsy, but it is kind of in a weird way. In in that, it has that sort of uh, that passion to it, and that kind of like the expression in their faces, even though that they're drawn with very minimal lines. The way their bodies move is just brilliantly done. And I am fully aware that um, I'm sure uh, someone in their early twenties will watch this and go, "Wow, that's really good. That's really powerful." And maybe someone in their, you know, even in their teens will watch it and go, "That's really great. It's really powerful." But someone who you know has a child and specifically a daughter the the child who gets who gets shot in this is 10 i've got a nine-year-old and a 12-year-old daughter but you know that puts me firmly in the like oh my god never let them leave the house kind of territory mm. um mm. but uh yeah it's 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 a really interesting 
sparse animation and I am up and down on animation you know it's not something I often watch I got really into the Miyazaki's over the last couple of years but I, you know it's not a genre it's not a, it's not a place I often go to um and it was just brilliantly beautiful that he done and it conveys an enormous amount with its tiny runtime and, he, and like th- two minutes of that is credits at least two and a half minutes of that is credits so it's a really short right. runtime but it is an absolute gut punch and an emotional wrench and yeah it's uh it's it's i found it really affecting and really brilliant and the wow, fact that it's silent yeah and the fact that it's silent fully as you know it, would, it wouldn't be anywhere near as affecting if it wasn't because it's just it's, it's almost like a ballet that's, that's sort of the wrong word there because ballet has much more sort of kinetic almost violence to it it's it, it's 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 mm-hmm. like it's like a poet sort of like a visual poetry done with the way that they weave these sort of spectral shadows of their emotions around each other is the is the best way i can put it but ah uh, it's an it's 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 an a for me i would say it's an absolutely brilliant oh. bit of work wow i mean i've just i'm slightly speechless that that sounds which isn't very helpful on a podcast but no 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 sounds really really good it's amazing i've probably you know oversold it a bit now and you know now people if, if you go into it listening to this you may not you know end up a blubbering heap on the mm. floor because you well this, all, this is the thing isn't it i like I, I, it's like um, i can hear that. in your voice like how much you liked it and i can hear i can feel that i really want to watch it mm. but it's a bit like um i mean i've just not got around to watching sort of i know it's a completely different film but lion for example because which, i know which is the other that it's that... probably going to be quite a blubbery type of film but i've told you about lion haven't uh, i have i mentioned this on the, this podcast i can't remember um, I can't remember. So I watched Lime with my wife, and she fell asleep about twenty-five minutes, thirty minutes before the end. And the end is the real punch. And then she woke up, and she was like, "What? Oh my god!" When I woke up, because I was just there, just absolutely in fits. And I, you know, <laughs> I'm not a big crier, but that just reduced me to water. But um, yeah. but 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 fortunately, this is only twelve minutes long, so it, you know, it's not. But it is something you still have to steal yourself almost to watch, especially as a you know, parent. Yeah, exactly. Of, of, yeah. Sort of that age. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I would, I could not recommend it more highly. I think it's, yeah, it's a really remarkable bit of work. I can't, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you gave the title at the beginning, but what's the title? Again? Oh no, I didn't actually. It's a very good point. Um, and you know, the, and the title itself is also really beautifully affecting, uh, and it's called "If Anything Happens, I Love You." Yeah, that's a that's a good title. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, and I, and I won't ruin it for what the the, the significance of that is within mm. the thing. But uh, yeah, it's you know immediately that, that that puts you in the in that right frame of mind. Um, and yeah, like I say, it, it slightly makes you. Unfortunately, we don't live in a place where guns are freely available to high school children or people who've recently left high school or pretty much anyone. Um, but then you go, yeah, but you could get hit by a car. Anyway, um, without trying to be too morbid, it's brilliant. It's really brilliant. Watch it. It's a great. It's a great bit of work. It's a really inventive animation. Um, in the same way that um, that excellent Texas um, uh, book depository massacre one that I watched. I've suddenly forgotten. The name oh of. yeah, I remember. Yes, yes, I've forgotten the name of it. I'm well. afraid, but as well, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Just inventive animation oh. is wonderful. 
Well, talking of just very briefly, just talking films that made you cry. Um, <laughs> I have only watched this once, but just a quick recommend. It was a, it was sort of re-released. I don't really know how you call it, but it was it was shown in this country under the Storyville banner. Oh yeah, um, which uh, Storyville. Um, anyway, it's called. Um, it's called Dear Zachary. A letter to a son about his father, hmm. and um, I've heard of this, but I've not seen it. I won't. I won't say anything more other than I'm mentioning it purely because that's probably the most I've cried at something. I felt absolutely devastated. I was drinking still at the time, <laughs> and I had definitely had a couple of glasses of wine when I saw it. Yeah, but um, it's and just very briefly, very briefly, it's just it's it's a true story. It's a documentary, and it's about um, this this man has been is killed. And um, his friends start working, as it were, on a video letter about him that they can give to his, his son, son. Mm. who's still a toddler. Um, I'm going to leave it there, but oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. That turned me into sort of, yeah, it's, yeah. it's freaking awful. <laughs> <laughs> but very good. Great. I will be sure okay. to watch that one and be particularly happy. Perfect. So yeah. we'll move on. Um, to... Shall we move on to the combo? Yes. So we've got our combo movie, um, which... Uh, as I've alluded to already, we went for a Buster Keaton. Now, I don't know a great deal about Buster Keaton. Um, I've read about him, and I know The General is a big movie. Um, this one is called, Jono. Sherlock Jr. Yeah, which I'd never Sorry, heard of. Sorry, just made a loud tap. But apparently is, is quite highly regarded yeah. by lots of people. Um, it's mentioned in, you know, certain things. Yes, yeah, so so I I I'm not a, I'm definitely not a Buster Keaton expert, but I did I was given because I like silent movies. I was given a sort of um, a DVD set of a whole load of his movies, and um, really really enjoyed them. And and um, in my sort of twenties, this was, and um, and but Sherlock Junior was not oh, amongst exciting. amongst them, so I'd never seen this one, and. Yes, I, I had heard of it, but it's interesting because in at the time, it is well regarded now, but at the time it was one of his first sort of failures, mm. as it was a bit of a box office disappointment. Um and he and up until then his career had kind of just been like, Yep, another hit, yep, another yeah. hit, yep, another hit. Um so it was slightly unusual, but um but yeah, so it was the first time I'd seen it, but um, I suppose we should talk about the plot a little bit. Yes, so uh, Buster Keaton is uh, a sort of Joe Schmo working as a projectionist in a small town movie theatre. Um, projectionist come... Small town movie theatre. <laughs> come, one day we'll just do a Ross Meyer season. Um, a, yeah. uh, a, uh, he's also kind of the janitor. He's, you know, he's a dog's body as well as being the projectionist kind of thing. Um, and he has a love of both a local young lady um, and also uh, the world of being a detective. So his, yeah, his passion, his twin passions are this young lady and uh, sort of detective methods and techniques and becoming a detective. And then what happens, Jono? Well, um... I can't quite remember what happens first, but does he fall asleep in the projection booth right near the beginning? No, that happens. Or is that, that that's more of a mid-film thing. So right up at the top, effectively, yeah. there's a sort of sequence where he keeps giving people dollars um, and he sort of is trying to get that's enough, right. enough yeah. money together yeah. to buy this girl his sweetheart some chocolates. And there's also another CAD-style figure 
um, emerges, who's also kind of after her heart. Um, and uh, this guy, in sort of you know typically caddish, dandyish way, has a nice moustache, um, and has pierced yeah. pinched her dad's. Uh, pocket, pocket watch, watch. That's right. And he sells it for four dollars or something, which then he buys a three dollar box, box of chocolates, chocolates for the girl, yeah. which outdoes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also, then he stitches. Um, so then, then Buster Keaton goes into detective mode, saying, "We'll find out who stole the, the watch." And then uh, the the CAD star person slips the pawn shop receipt into Buster Keaton's pocket, so he is then kind of tarred with the brush. He's banished from the home, kind of yes. thing. Yeah. Fortunately, his That's lady right. love doesn't believe that, and she does go does a bit of very fortunate investigating by saying, "Who was the person who sold you the watch?" And then the guy goes, "It's that guy standing outside." Brilliant. Um, <laughs> but uh, yes, so she finds it out. But then, as you quite rightly say, he falls asleep in the projection booth. Yeah, and and he's been reading this book on how to be a detective and stuff, and he starts that that starts the sort of a memorable sequence where. It's just a quite cool dream sequence, isn't it? Well, he, he sort of like he's he, he falls he asleep. He dreams himself into the movie, doesn't he? Basically, it's like a that yeah film within a film thing. And yes, and there's it's a particularly effective. So it's quite hard to describe, but yeah, he walks into so he falls asleep, and then within his dream, he walks to into the cinema in, on which there's a projection. Hmm. And then he sort of falls through the screen and it suddenly changes and becomes outdoors or something. It's really, really well done. It is. Well, it, I, I will definitely give it that. It's well done. It's, it, yeah, it's a well, it's a nice bit of like pre Lucasfilm camera trickery kind of thing. Yeah. Well, and exactly. And this is the thing that they always used to say about Harold Lloyd, you know, just like I re remember when the old Harold Lloyd series they always used to bang on about how, oh, you know, no one could figure out anymore how they did these things. It's yeah. like, Yes, we can. Yes. <laughs> there is quite what an interesting. What are you talking about? It's quite a good, you know. There is that sort of on on that Howard Lloyd front. There's a, there is quite a fun bit when he's running on top of a train and grabbing hold of spurting water pipes. Well, I thought there were stuff. quite a lot. I'm I'm sensing that you didn't particularly like this. Ah, uh, yes. Um, but I think that's just a wider thing. I think I just don't. I just. I didn't dislike it. I just didn't love it. I was just kind of like, I can stop watching this now and not need to see the rest of it. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know how to put it. I just, I don't have the same warmth for Buster Keaton I did for Harold Lloyd. I'm also not six. Um, and I'm not saying that that's, that's the thing. And like large amounts of people love Buster Keaton and this movie and people laud him as a great comic genius and one of the greatest writer directors of all time. I just, just don't particularly care. Um, I kind of just—I I don't me, think I was—I was, I just wasn't really that drawn into the story. Like there were academic things, like saying I think he did the the, the the him doing the dream sequence into the thing. That's quite well done, you know. I can I can see the technique yeah. and that. And then when you look back, it's like Psycho. People go, "Oh, Psycho was meant to be a horror movie. Oh, wasn't that scared?" And then you realise that you know Psycho is the first time that they that anyone did that flip. Oh, I thought this was about a, jewel, a, a a heist, and suddenly it's about a psycho in a house. It's awesome, and we're so inured yeah. to that that it's hard for people to. You know, to to fully engage with it, and I think maybe that is the case with some of the Buster Keaton stuff that maybe he you know started so many things that I've seen a million times that that uh, I can appreciate it academically. I just I just didn't I didn't not enjoy it. I just didn't really enjoy it. I just was well. I I would just say engaged. that so I know I 
I do know what you mean because I I did enjoy this really quite a lot, but I definitely enjoyed it slightly in a should I say a chin strokey way? Yeah, yeah, rather yeah, yeah. than in a really really obsessed with the plot kind of way. Yeah, just because. So some of the sort of the 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 some of the stunts, some of the practical trickery, some of the I just thought really was. Wow, that's just a really great example of why people love Buster Keaton. Yes. You know, just the, obviously the most one of his most famous tricks that um, uh, the director Steve McQueen sort of when he first won the Turner Prize, he, it was a it was a recreation of a Buster Keaton um, stunt. And there are several, although it's, you know, that one where he's standing there and the whole front of the house collapses on him, but he's standing where the door is so it doesn't hurt him kind of thing. That was a Buster Keaton. Yeah. And that's not in this movie, but there are several others like that that are just like, whoa, that's pretty bloody amazing. Um, including, actually, there was one bit of a pointless Wikipedia trivery that, trickery, because, that, yeah, there's that bit when he's on a train and then he holds onto the water thingy. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. But when when he did because he did all his own stunts and when he did that apparently like he fell off and blacked out and later found out that during that stunt he actually broke his partially broke his neck. Oh, brilliant! <laughs> but, but, yeah, yeah, well done you. But I remember enjoying lots of the other Buster Keaton movies that I watched more than this. Even though, yeah, from reading afterwards, this is a celebrated classic. You know, it's it's like goes like it's it's it was voted, you know, in critics, you know, mm. polls. It made like the top hundred best films ever or the 60th funniest film of all time. And I just didn't find any of that. Whereas, you know, when I first no. saw City Lights, when I watched it, I showed someone City Lights not that long ago, actually. And although they didn't particularly like it, I must admit, <laughs> the point is that like the boxing sequence, they were genuinely laughing. Yes. You know, yeah, they yeah, were yeah. kind of laughing out loud. The very opening sequence had my daughter absolutely you know, laugh when he sort of by mistake impales himself on the yeah. on the statue, absolutely pissing himself. And there wasn't a moment like that in this for me. So, like I say, I liked it, but in a chin strokey way. Yes, yeah, like yeah, seeing yeah. Buster Keaton's face because I do like his his face, but it just uh, yeah, left me a, a bit cold in other ways. Things, yeah, I'm 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 sort of the same, but I think I liked it less than you do, just because I think I have less of a warmth towards silent comedy, probably. Yeah, I just don't. It's never a thing well, I really have got that into. So this one, well, I mean, this one I didn't really make me dash out to go must devour silent comedy. I well, yeah, I am particular. I I do find it absolutely fascinating, and in ways I do prefer reading about the films than watching them. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. I can so see like, that. I've got a really, I've got a really good book about Chaplin, for example, by Simon Lavish. And that I genuinely think is better than watching a lot of the films he's describing. <laughs> and I think in ways, just reading about this stuff and like, so like, I, I mean, Fatty Arbuckle was a, was the biggest star of them all, yeah. you know, just before this, uh, this era. But he's like, because of this sort of awful, um, you know, rape essentially yes. that he was caught up in, his, his, his career was destroyed. But this film is also connected to it because apparently... The um, they were sort of friends, and Fatty Arbuckle. He sort of invited for Fatty Arbuckle to sort of join in to sort of help direct oh, this movie, really? but apparently was a real pain in the ass. So they, he slightly sort of got rid of him. But Fatty Arbuckle's again just all part of the sort of the interesting period of like this kind of. He was such a huge star, but he's completely forgotten now, and you know because yeah. he was obviously an ass. 
but it's just yeah i find it endlessly interesting the way they made them and yeah but wow yeah but yeah it does sound like, like see... after all that oh, yeah exactly like I, say, I can see it's the culture importance i just didn't really enjoy it very much and i wouldn't i'm not i don't think i'm gonna watch it again really and i find no. I, I like i i I'm not, i wouldn't say i wouldn't recommend it to people because especially you know, we'll come back to the thing. If you like this kind of thing, you'll really like this kind of thing, I think. And it is an academically interesting thing. But yeah, I just, I, I it was never, it's never going to feature in my top 100 films of all time or comedies because no. I just didn't find it that funny. There's, you know, smiles, no. but nothing, you know. I mean, it's not airplane, is it? No. <laughs> yeah. The film within film thing, I think it's actually worth. Um... That's, that's an interesting. Oh, very, what very, I would recommend. What I would recommend, actually, yeah, because I, I kind of agree with you. And I think what people should do is type in, you know, Buster Keaton, um, Sherlock Jr. And then just find a sort of like little trailer version where you'll just see some of the stunts. Yeah, you'll look, see the you bit know what, in the projectionist. It's anyway, isn't it? So you're not losing yeah, that much of your life if you watch the whole thing. But Yeah, but yeah, it's, yeah. Oh, it's good. Yeah, fine. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, it's all right. What are you going to give it then? C for me. I thought I might give it a, like a, a letter of some kind, something between A and a F. It's a C because it's quite <laughs> bang in the middle for me. It's like it wasn't terrible. Ah, oh, dude, you you sound so bang in the middle about all your films. <laughs> no, yeah, this and, and that sort of that average 11, 12 minute animation that made me cry. Um, yeah, yeah, true, 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 true. Uh, yeah, this um, one was this. So, yeah. have you got um, any other business, dude? Uh, not really, I guess. I mean, I could be entirely boring and bang on about, um, the, the best thing I've watched on TV recently, um, which I, I don't think I've banged on about on this podcast or not. Yeah. And, and it's been up for a bunch of awards. Very few of them wins for some weird reason, but the bear on Disney plus is one of the best things I've ever seen. Um, yeah. that's about a man and some other people. Uh, run yeah. a Chicago beef sandwich restaurant, um, and it's just perfection in so it many is. ways. I've seen it too. It's yeah. amazing. You're it's one, amazing. You're one of the reasons I watched amazing. it. Um, and it's just wonderful and amazing. And if you, and, uh, they managed to get food poured into it as well. It's brilliant. Like it's kind of like there's yeah, yeah. there's humor, there's warmth, there's passion. There's, I mean, after every twenty four or five minute episode you're emotionally wrung out and then still grinning one of the episodes is a 17 minute single take which I normally wouldn't advocate because it's often quite showy and flashy and pointless and this is absolutely astoundingly brilliant and it's got Oliver Platt and everything with Oliver yeah. Platt in is better yeah so, I love Oliver Platt yeah so that's that's, that's my only that's my only uh, sort of off off uh, off the topic kind of thing because it's anything but silent but um okay well i've i've got a couple of recommends so I do um while we've been talking i actually just checked and if you look up no 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 but just if you look up sherlock jr hmm. on, on on uh imdb yeah you immediately see a trailer that kind of does exactly what i described it's just showing some of the bits it's just shown the water bit where he actually did break his neck it's, so it's yeah oh, that's brilliant. what people so you just do. go to IMDb and watch the trailer yeah that's all you need to do because it will show you what why it's exciting 
and what's cool about it. Um, uh, right. The other thing I actually, so yeah, this is for some reason, I've got two more trailers to recommend when well, no, I one more trailer. So I've already recommended one trailer, but it's just, so, you know, when uh, every now and then you just sort of remember that someone's died and you still feel quite sad about it. Yes. I mean, like a parent or something. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, no, I, mean, I was meaning more a sort of public person. Like a lot yes. of people say this about David Bowie. They're still quite annoyed that David Bowie's died. Well, for me, it's Gene Wilder. I still feel quite sad that he's yeah, gone. Yeah, I know what you mean. And I still feel a sort of like uh, a certain affection for him and his movies, even though he did loads of shit, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But, but there's a movie that's come out called A Tribute to Gene Wilder. Oh. No, no, sorry. It's called. It's not called that. It's called Remembering Gene Wilder. And I just recommend you watch the trailer because it's rather sweet. And it just, uh, I have no idea if the movie's any good, but it just makes you want to, I don't know, curl up and watch every single second of Gene Wilder on movies I just, ever. I, I think, like you say, he was in a lot of dross, but he's also, his, his high moments are some of my favourite moments in movies, I think. Yeah, and by all accounts, he was just a really, really, really lovely man as well. But I, but I mean, he's such an—he was such an integral part of my uh, of my childhood. Weirdly, you know, in some of some of his yeah. some of his movies, watching, you know, uh, Blazing Saddles was, was was huge, and weirdly enough, the film I probably saw more than any other one of his was Stir was um, yeah, Stir Crazy. Oh really? I, I, did, I, did, I did. I did. I did. A hundred like million crazy. times. See, for me, probably it was Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory or Young Frankenstein. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Young, young, yeah. young Frankenstein is is still a bit of a. That's one of those like when 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 do I show that to my kids? When are they ready for that? Yeah, yeah. You can actually. That's another good recommend. Um, go on YouTube and put and look for Young Frankenstein bloopers. Oh okay. There's some there's some quite good ones. I'll do that after this pod. I haven't seen that. Awesome. Yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. So okay. yeah, that's my any other business to recommend. Awesome. Well, so my my next sort of like uh uh oh, words, words, words. I need more of them. Um our next any other business <laughs> is what we do next week. Or next episode. So uh yeah. now sort of the, the option we can go along from my any other business theme of the bear, because I'm quite into I'm watching a lot of food stuff at the moment, and I thought we could watch maybe some food movies. So there's some interesting stuff. I mean, food movies doesn't preclude horror. Um, there's definitely a bunch of whole cannibalism movies out there which could be interesting, or there's something you know that could just be about a celebration of food, like Babette's Feast or um, uh, Chef. The cook, the thief, the wife, and lover. Yes, exactly. All that sort of stuff is open to us. It gives us a very wide, smattery playing field. Or, if you want to narrow down, but not go too narrow, there is the other option of um, marine horror. I thought, well, we do have sharks and potentially swords, crocodiles and, sh- and ghost ships. And, um, yeah. you know, the horror of watching Pirates of the Caribbean 4 or something. But, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so that, that, that that's the two options I wanted to float at you to see where your, uh, where your brain... Well, I'm going to I'm gonna say, I'm going to say, let's do food. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I forgot to say, really excitingly, um, my daughter watched Princess Bride. Oh, didn't good. watch it with me, and you know, I was I was doing something else. She was watching it with with um her stepsister, and I was kind of worried. I was thinking, oh, they're going to come out and they didn't like it. 
anyway, they came out and they just seemed quite happy. And I just said, oh, what do you think? And she said, it was brilliant. And I said, oh, great. What did you give it out of 10? And she goes, nine. And I just thought, oh, oh, yeah. It was just, oh, mine, yeah. mine recently watched it with my mum on, on, when she was babysitting the other, the other week. And they both loved it too. Oh, nice. Hooray. Yeah. Hooray. yeah. It's good, isn't it? Anyway, okay, place. food. Food. All right, cool. We'll 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 dig through the refrigerator of movie heaven oh. and, see, and see maybe there's something lurking around the back of the, the veg drawer or in the freezer compartment. What what even is that? What's that? What was that? It was a poorly was terrible. It was a poorly worked metaphor. It wasn't I'm anything. Really it was that. just it was just a it was just a tired man whiffling. That's pretty much how I spend the rest of my life. Um, great. Well, thank you ever so much, everyone, for listening to us uh, talk about things that are silent. Um, we've got one very firm recommend. We've got one, yeah, sort of see it for academic value, and then another, yeah, kind of see that for academic value too. Um, so nothing that we wouldn't, you know, wouldn't kick out of bed for farting. Um, oh, don't say that. <laughs> No, it's awful. So nothing that we uh, nothing that we wouldn't uh, say run screaming from, but uh, only one movie that I think is worth running towards with open arms, although you just steal yourself for a bit of an emotional roller coaster. However, yeah. okay, if you would like us to review something, or you think we're idiots, and actually uh, Sherlock Jr. is the best movie <laughs> yeah, ever made, we'd be inclined to agree. Um, please do get in touch. Uh, we watch anything at gmail.com hit us up on Twitter um, and we will get back to you or at the very least get back to your suggestions if you uh, have things that we'd like to review until then or until uh, you next hear from us in the world of pod where we'll be talking about food well, I'm going to say <laughs> goodbye oh god and, thank god I was going to try and do it in a silent movie way but it's impossible because this is I'm going to leave a big bit of dead air, but that's me. Uh, thanks everyone for listening. 